you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi there it is great to be back with you again this week and i am joined today by two special guests special guests that you might know kelly and anita for all you podcast enthusiasts from decorating tips and tricks i love their podcast they give so many tips they're synergistic with the info that i love to share and so i thought it was a natural connection for me to have them on talking to you on this show so welcome ladies Thanks so much for having us, Betsy. We're thrilled. Oh, good. Well, I'm very excited to have you. So if you wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about yourselves, your show, and then we'll get right into some fabulous tips. Go ahead, Kelly. You go first. Okay. Well, all righty. I'll kick it off. Uh, I'm Kelly Wilkness. I have reinvented myself. Uh, <laughs> I used to be an attorney. And in about 2013, I began my interior decorating blog. I had moved from New York to California, didn't want to take the California bar again, and I have always loved doing interior design and garden design. And I thought, let me take a try at this blogging thing. I didn't know too much about it. So began blogging. I met Anita and other wonderful women, really grew my community. And I started doing private clients uh, in my own neighborhood because I, I had a house I thought I was going to flip and move back to New York. But we decided to stay and everyone thought, whoa, you did a great job on the house. Can you come over and help me with my house? So that really made me think I might have a business here. And in 2017, Anita and I joined forces and started decorating tips and tricks. And we have never looked back. We absolutely love podcasting, but interior design, interior decorating, and just creating a space that can really be a positive force in your life has always been so important to me. You know, you hear about designers talking about, oh, you know, my mom let me decorate my room when I was little. I don't think my mom let me decorate my room when I was little because she really liked doing it too. But I always have understood the importance of having surroundings that really support you and the people you live with. And that's so much about what we are in decorating tips and tricks. So I started my blog in 2011. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a while ago. But I, like Kelly, didn't begin an interior 
design. I wish I had. I mean, it was really my first love, uh, but my dad convinced me that I really needed something much more practical. Uh, so I ended up going into engineering, which I liked, but it wasn't my passion, like interior design. And and I worked in this kind of rough and tumble um, paper mill. I had my steel-toed shoes on and my hard hat during the day. And, and I couldn't tell those guys I worked with that I was sewing curtains on the weekends because they would laugh at me. So um, <laughs> I kind of kept it on the down low, but I love design. And when my kids were born, um, I stayed home with them and then started focusing on my house and then worked at a furniture store, learned a ton, uh, then started the blog and um, yeah, started working a lot with magazines and sponsors. And then Kelly and I, like she said, we started the, the podcast in 2017 and we love doing it because it's such a great way for people. And, and you know this, Betsy, it's not visual. So people, when you talk about a tray or a, this or that, they picture their own tray, not yours. So I think in a way it's better uh, for people design, working on their own homes than seeing pictures. I mean, they're both helpful, but it's it's amazing how portable such a visual topic is to an audio format. Well, that is so interesting because I always thought the audio format was almost an obstacle to understanding what I'm speaking about. And I love reframing it and thinking it makes it more accessible because they can imagine their own items versus being locked in and saying, oh, I could never have that sectional that she's talking about. Looking at that picture, it's definitely too opulent or too expensive, or that doesn't resonate with me. Mine is gray and that's blue. So I think that's really interesting. I love that perspective. And the other thing that I think is really going to resonate with listeners is this idea of having a life before design, you know, either always feeling a pull towards interior design and not knowing how to channel it or make money at it or not feeling like it was a profession where you could support your family or whatever that looks like, right? And then reinventing yourself and finding ways to make money with your passion, finding ways to take that dream and not only make it a reality, but make it lucrative. So that's why I just love your podcast, because you guys are such savvy business owners and podcasters, in addition to having this passion that I share. Absolutely. It's a wonderful thing, as you know, Betsy. It's just such a great way to connect with people in a way that you really can't do on, on a blog, because the audio is just much more personable. Yes. It's so intimate. You know, I listen to so many podcasts, yours and lots and lots of others. And I feel like I know these mm -hmm. people, even though I've never seen their faces. And I do love it when they have YouTube or when they <laughs> post on Instagram so I can see their faces. And I'm like, oh, you don't look at all like I thought you would. <laughs> do you ever have that moment? Because yes, I have this whole history mm -hmm. with them, you know, hundreds of episodes. They're my BFF. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not blonde. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, maybe they were 15 years ago, but they're not now. <laughs> well, we have heard well, the number one comment I think that we have gotten over the years over and over again is that it feels like you're having coffee or wine with your girlfriends who happen to be good decorators or designers or have a savvy knack for decorating. And so we are so touched by that comment, all of them and all the reviews. We appreciate them so much. But that one really it just warms our hearts and it really just feels right. Cause that's how we feel about our listeners too. And we do consults. And so we sometimes have them one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but you almost feel one-on-one -on -one. when you put someone in your ear, they're your friend. And if, and if you stick with them, they're really your friends, right? They'll go on a jog with you. They'll walk your dog with you. They'll do the laundry with you. All these things. We're doing that with all our listeners, right? Anita, all the time. 
Yes, yes. And and I'm a podcast lover too. So I listen to podcasts too. So I get it. And I feel that way about the podcasts I listen to. Yeah. And full disclosure, I take my podcast into the shower. I have a speaker in there. So I really feel intimately wow. connected. Yeah. I have two showers in my home and I have two speaker sets in the showers. So I never miss a month. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. You win you win the prize for that, Betsy. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that. What TMI was that? Did I overshare? Well, there's no photos, so it's okay. It's audio. Take us wherever you want. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to share that photo on YouTube. But the one thing I find is interesting, and then we'll get to the tips, I promise, listeners, I promise, is that you guys are a duo. Yes, you're a duo, and I'm a solo podcaster for the most part, except when I have interviews. How does that synergy work? Because you're not even located near each other. So how did that connection kick off? How do you maintain this tight relationship, a working relationship, a friendship? It seems so multifaceted. Maybe that's why it works, Kelly. <laughs> We're always moving. We're always trying to think. That... That's right. No. It's interesting. I mean, Anita has her, um, has, I'm sure, and maybe I'm hearing for the first time what her perspective is, but I felt like when I met her initially in, in one of these blogging Facebook groups, you know, the behind the scenes blogging Facebook groups, and she just sort of bubbled to the top as someone, you know, if you go to a party and think, oh, I could be friends with that person. She she just sort of bubbled to the top for me and I, I it respected her so much from the moment I met her. I felt she had so much information for me and she had been blogging before me. So I was kind of like getting a little info where I could, but she was always very helpful, but very professional. And you could tell that she had done something before that she was in the business world. She just seemed to have a real, um, a confidence about her and also a willingness to try something new. Uh, and so we did all these blog tours and all these things and we just kept crossing paths. Right. And then we just really kind of decided together, I guess, to, you know, like, let's try this thing. We've tried so many things and we've had a store together online. We've done a lot of things. We've done round top. We've done all sorts of different events and whatnot. And we do the consoles, as I mentioned, but we just, our synergy, if you will, just seems to keep on rolling. We always seem to be sort of on the same page and you're right. I'm in California and Anita's in Texas. So we're not in the same room. And we've really only seen it yeah, like four times live, right? <laughs> well, I was joking about that it works because we don't see each other. <laughs> that was a joke. But no, I, I mean, and I had a similar experience with Kelly. I mean, she was very professional. I mean, she was an attorney before, so I knew she knew how to work hard. And I think that's what we both have in common is that we're both really hard workers and we don't mind putting in the extra work to get a great product. So mm-hmm. she wasn't a perfectionist, which I think is hard to work with, to be honest, uh, because we both, I think, have the feeling of let's get the best we can done, but we need to get it done in a timely fashion. And I think we're, like she said, pretty synergistic in that we have, I, as far as business goes, we think very similarly. And she's my yes girl. Like whatever <laughs> idea, it's like before it's even out of my mouth, it's like, yes. And so she is so willing to try anything and to jump in. And she's always ready for that next new thing. And I think that's really of great value when you have a business partner. I'm giving you a yeah, hug right now. I'm giving you a hug. <laughs> The fifth time you guys see each other, you can yeah. hug. Okay. Yeah. Hug. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we had a little COVID break, but you know, other than that, we'd been seeing each other. Well, and she's been to my house, but I haven't been to her. So I guess that's next, Kelly. That's next, right. Now that mine is finally, well, yeah. done, whatever that means. Never done. There you go. 
never done. Always an evolution. Mm-hmm. And that is the perfect segue to our tips. So you're going to share with our listeners some of your favorite tips, some of your most applicable, they can start right away tips. And I'm really excited to hear them. I'm really excited to give you my hot take on them because as somebody who always delivers tips, I know I'm going to be inspired by what you share. Great. Well, the tips are really what the heart of our show is. We don't do a lot of bantering. You know, we might make other, each other laugh a few times and whatnot, but we really get right down to it. So we like to think that oftentimes someone could actually be executing the tips and the tricks while they're listening, even if you wanted to, right? So our show is chock full of really great concrete decorating advice and information. So Anita's got, I think, the umbrella tip, right? So do you want to kick it off, Anita? Well, she knows what my favorite tip is, so I know I know what she's talking about, and that is to take a photograph of your room before you even start. It seems like there's certain things about a room that you may miss when you're seeing it in person. You know, your brain's just like is used to seeing this thing, and it just turns it off and just kind of starts not to notice it. But also, we found when you take a picture of a room, you can see what's wrong with it even if you couldn't walking in the room. And I, we've seen this over and over with clients that once they see the photo, they see, oh, wow, that sofa really is too big or, oh, that artwork is too high. I mean, it's really amazing what you can see in a photo. Uh, but the other reason I love to take a photo is also to document the starting point and the evolution of the room. And it's really fun if you love decorating like all three of us do to look back and see what your room started with and the changes over the year, uh, over the years. And it's really, I just think of great value to, and then, you know, even like a bookcase taking a picture before and after even the same day, it's really very helpful to see. Well, I love that taking that 3d experience And changing the way you're seeing it, quite literally making it 2D, I think you would have a different uh, opinion and a different view, but also then you're not in the space. You could look at the picture while you're at a coffee shop or something like that, and that could give you that distance Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's so hard to distance ourselves in our own home. Yes. Right? I'm sitting on the couch and looking around. What does it Mm -hmm. need? I don't know. But if I took a picture and I went to a friend's house or I was sitting by the pool, I'd be like, huh you know, that rug would be nice or whatever. So I love that tip. And of course, we always want to catalog our befores and afters. That I knew, but I hadn't thought of it as a new way to see your space. It's really amazing. Anita had that, We I think we came out of the box in 2017 with that tip. And I've been doing it since then. And it is so eye-opening because she's absolutely right. Somehow your brain just sort of fills it in or, or glosses over maybe the thing you in the back of your mind, really don't like. And when you take the photo, whoop, it jumps right out at you. Uh, my top mm-hmm. tip, uh, we have so many, but one of my favorites is talking about lighting because lighting is so crucial. When the lighting is wrong, your room can be absolutely stunning. But if you've got this glaring light coming down from the ceiling and that's all you've got in the room, you know, then it looks like you should be performing surgery, you know, not relaxing or having dinner. So, My advice is three sources of lighting in each room. So if you have some overhead, that's fine. I don't say no overhead lighting. Some people are very strict about that. I think overhead lighting definitely has its place. 
I want to have it all on dimmer so you can control the amount of light you're getting, but then have some task lighting and then have some more ambient light, just something that's softer, a little table lamp that you can put on. And the secret tip about getting great lighting is buy yourself a case of pink light bulbs. Now, many years ago, (laughs) pink light bulbs were made in America and they were better. So I've heard. Because sometimes what I advise the pink bulbs is like pink bulbs are not like they used to be, but they're still so much better than the certainly the blue light. No, no, no. Or even the yellowish light, the incandescents. And now we're getting into the LEDs, which, you know, the, hmm, some of them not so great. But if you can get a hold of some pink incandescent and not like Roxanne put on your red light, not a red bulb, <laughs> pink bulbs very soft they make everybody look fabulous and don't you want to look fabulous in your house yes yes yeah yes and I lived in an apartment that had yellow bulbs Mm -hmm. and we all looked like we were swimming in chicken (laughs) when I took pictures like at the holidays or birthdays everybody's got like that yellow glow like what's going on Uh, so I couldn't agree more but I've never thought about a pink bulb I always like the soft white I'm a big fan of soft white but I'm going to try them. This. Sylvania, I think, uh, is one of the brands that'll pop up on Amazon. Yeah. Ooh. And, you know, buy them like, you know, 12 or 16 at a time. Yeah. That rosy yeah. glow. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want that? Yes, exactly. You could just yeah. carry it around all the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never even really heard of pink bulbs. I have colorful bulbs for like party No, no. Time, it's not a party but bulb. But I'm excited. You wouldn't know that it was pink <laughs> when you turn it on. You're just like, oh, I look good. Oh. Everybody looks good. My house looks good. Yeah. 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 She's well, right. And <laughs> those of you who listen to my podcast, read my book, you know, I have the same rule, three lamps on a human level, whether it's a task lamp, a table lamp, a floor lamp, in addition to any overheads that you may have. I'm a big fan of overheads because they do provide that general yeah. wash. That's so hard in a lot of spaces, especially spaces with high ceilings, things like this. I'm moving to a space that has a huge it's like 30 by 16 room wow. and it really needs some overheads just for that general feel. Right. But if you rely on those, it's an interrogation room or as you say, a surgical suite. Yes. Never thought of it that way. <laughs> and you know, you're really not getting those cozy pools of light that help to define the different zones. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. Totally on the same page there. Anita, and do it- you have another tip for us? Yes. Uh, and, and it has to do with the artwork. And this is something that we see in consults a lot. And you probably see it too, Betsy, is that people uh, start out with a small piece of artwork on a big wall. It doesn't look right. Uh, they know it's off. And so then what do they do? They just keep adding more and more and more until it just looks like a mishmash of things that don't really go together. It can look confused and cluttered uh, when really the best thing to do was to to take it all down and just put up a few very large pieces of artwork. I mean, and I know why people don't. The larger artwork is harder to find, and it's going to be, in some cases, a lot more expensive. But just a few pieces uh, just looks, you, you know where the focal point is. It's big enough that you can see it without standing, you know, five inches away from it. And it just looks so much better. And just as an example, my daughter just, we moved her into an apartment last weekend and she has one wall that's really just the width of her sofa and two side tables. And I put a big, uh, she has a floral painting we put up there and it's maybe like 30 inches wide and 35 inches tall. 
And it's just perfect. It's got the colors of the sofa. It's really pretty and it works just right. And that's all you need on that wall. Again, I love it because when you have those big walls and you put so many pieces of art, sometimes it just looks like clutter, even if it's not on the floor, right? Which we normally think of clutter as getting in our way physically. Visually, it can get in our way. Visually, it can create that clutter. So one impactful piece, a couple of large impactful pieces. I love it. And you're right. I think the price point or even the scale of anything large can scare people who aren't working with a professional who are doing it on their own. But there's ways that you can do it affordably, like a tapestry, Yes, you know, where yes. you don't have to frame it, yeah. right? And it can be really large, like a map. Uh, I like love those that idea. Pull-down maps. Yeah, I have a vintage pull-down map I got on Etsy in my kid's playroom. It's like from the 80s. Is that vintage? Oh my gosh, I'm dating myself. Mm. Vintage pull-down map. But it looks like one of those school maps that I had in mm-hmm. elementary school, right? And uh, and it's huge. Seven feet oh, wide. wow. Wow. It cost me like a hundred bucks on Etsy or eBay. I can't remember which one. So it rolls up to... or does it stay yeah. down? And it snaps. You know how your teacher oh. used to pull it down yeah. and it snaps. <laughs> it snaps. So it has a world section and a state section. Oh, um, wow. But that way while they're playing, I hope they're learning by osmosis. Oh, really but are. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Geography yeah. experts. Well, yeah, and they're I want playing to... on their screens while they're taking in the Betsy, I've seen people use those to hide their TVs. Mm. And such a great oh. idea. Yeah. I love that. That is a really good idea, Anita, because it does fall in front. There's like that gap behind where mm-hmm. the mechanism, right. you know, where it used to be the chalkboard, yeah. right? Like, right. 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 Yeah. And, and I love like, that. I have like, to go <laughs> and move that <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> because they've already told me in the new house they want a playroom that has a video game console, but I don't want a TV in their face Shh, all the time. Pull the map I... down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got the map already. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anita, we're going to have to charge her for a consult if we're doing this. <laughs> I'll pay it. I'll pay it. <laughs> and now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com classes to get your bundle or your online class today. My next one, eh, rifting off your clutter. Mm-hmm. Clutter makes me twitch. The opposite of that, leave room for negative space. Don't be afraid of negative space. 
not every single wall corner needs to have something on it, in front of it, hanging on it. Uh, we are big believers in negative space. And sometimes I walk around my own house and sometimes I say, oh, I could put something there. And then I think, no, I need a little palate cleanse because I have something right there and there's something over there, right? So it's sort of like someone trying to fill up the space in a conversation. Sometimes it just needs to be some quiet. And so think about that in your house when you're walking around and deciding to add some artwork or a gallery wall or something like that, or even an additional piece of furniture. There can just be an area where there's nothing. And then you can appreciate the other things more. I love it. And, you know, also just piggybacking on that, I was working with a client the other day. We had their whole room figured out, all the functions checked, you know, we got everything done that we needed to do in terms of what they want to do in the space. And then we had this big wall left over, pretty sizable wall. Now we'd already used a lot of large scale art. We'd already used some sculptures. They didn't want any additional shelving because they have to put stuff on it and they just didn't have stuff. They didn't want to buy stuff to accessorize shelves. And I said, you know, you don't have to solve every problem at once. Mm. So say you do have an open space that you just can't quite figure out that's near other open spaces. So it's not like this is the pause you need, mm -hmm. but you know, your space can evolve. Yes. If you just buy something to fill it, then first of all, you know, it may not accommodate a need that you have in the future that maybe you didn't foresee. Right. So maybe later you inherit the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm stuck in 1980 now <laughs> in my mind. Be beautiful with your map. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, maybe you inherit a ton of books and then you do need shelves or something like that. So some people get so stuck on, you know, I want this to look like a magazine. And typically those images are quite full, quite complete. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes you need to be more thoughtful and let the space tell you over time what to do versus investing six to $1,600, right? $600 to $1,600 I'm referring to, and not really needing that item or later getting rid of it because it's just a space filler. Absolutely. So I completely agree and even go one step further sometimes with my clients. Yes, yes. Just take a pause. Take a pause. Pause. But yes, not here. Take a pause. I We've love got that. another tip coming. So, <laughs> yes, it's coming. Uh, and that is to limit your color palette. Oh, good uh, one. I found a long time ago when I first started decorating how just changing the color so that it was just limited to just a couple, it made the space cohesive. It felt uh, much more complete. It was uh, a much more appealing. And it then I learned over time that that wasn't just a fluke incident. It, I've seen it over and over and over again that it makes such a difference. And I think why this is such a great tip for people is because if decorating is not your thing, this is kind of a little cheat uh, kind of a way to make it look pulled together, even if you don't know anything else. This will really help if you just limit it to just a few colors. And that's not to say that you can't make a space look great with lots of colors, but I would say every color, additional color that you add requires a higher skill level. So, you know, if it's something that you're, you know, if this is your thing, then I think you can get away with, you know, the sky's the limit. But if you're feeling, you know, uncomfortable or overwhelmed, then then keep that limited to maybe two or three. Could I say the same thing about patterns? I yes, think the can. more patterns you add, the higher yes. the skill oh, level. So yeah. keep it to two or three. Daily patterns. No. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think you can mix 20 patterns. Like I'm down. But yeah. I think you have to be quite advanced in yes. your vision. And so I think that is really smart. And I think it keeps it sophisticated. I love that tip. 
Okay, so I'll riff off that one. I'll jump it around on my list a little bit. Create the yeah. flow. So particularly if you've got your limited color palette, which we really l- love working with in our own homes as well as advising it to clients at any level of their experience or willingness to, to work with their interior design on their own or with someone. Create the flow from room to room. You know, picture that showcase house that you went to with your girlfriends and every single room was, oh, that's the jungle room. And, oh, that's the black and white room. And, you know, and then there's polka dots <laughs> in the guest room. It might be beautiful in in a vacuum, each room, but that's kind of like the runway for decorating. It's supposed to wow you, right? So, and you, you're never going to find flow in a decorator show house, except that veranda or milieu uh, showcase house. They purposely created flow in this one that they did last year, which I didn't get to visit in person, but looked absolutely beautiful. So that would be the only exception. Every decorator showcase I've ever been to, it's like that. You don't want your own home to be like that. So you were going to create the flow. And if you have a limited color palette, then maybe your your colors swap in rooms. There might be uh, the accent color in the living room might be the dominant color in your bedroom or something like that. So you're seeing this color and maybe even shades of it pop around, creating the flow from room to room. It's not only just beautiful to look at, it's very soothing because your eye and your, your mind is expecting it. So it's kind of very comforting to decorate that way. Yeah, I think it is an elevated look for sure, especially spaces that open into each other. I think it's essential. You know, when you have a living room that opens into a dining room that opens into a family room, there needs to be a through line that's quite clear. Otherwise, it does feel like jumping into, you know, a fun house or something like that. Where I depart from that personally, just saying. Bring it. It's not fun if we agree the whole time. I I just grappled with this with one of my designers who works for me, actually, and we went toe-to-toe. Mm. Um, so I'm used to being on the other side of this idea. But as a designer and maybe as design enthusiasts, you know, I appreciate so many styles. I, when I started in this industry, I had a very clear sensibility. I liked one style. And if you didn't like my style, you probably shouldn't work with me because it's what I do. Mm. And then over time, so many people have worked with me. I've done literally thousands of spaces, 2,000 spaces and counting. And I've lost my personal style. And now I'm so excited by lots of different Mm -hmm. styles. And so upstairs, where we have all the different bedrooms and every room pretty much shuts with the door. There's no open concept living on our upstairs. Everything is quite individual. And you walk down a hall and open this door, open that door, like a Mm dollhouse sort of Mm -hmm. on that second floor. Each room has a different style and different color palette. Wow. I said it. I said it. I go there. My bedroom, even though this is not my personal style, I wanted it to be traditional. Yes. I wanted ornate carved wood. I wanted tufted fabrics. I wanted nail heads. I wanted glam, but I wanted it in a softer, more traditional way. Mm-hmm. That's not typically my vibe, uh-huh. but I went for it. And then, of course, my kids each get to pick what's going on mm-hmm. there. And uh, so I think it's a little bit different for me because I would feel so boxed in if I had to do like mid-century modern everywhere in my home. Even if it feels cohesive, a piece of me would be really Yeah. Well, and I think upstairs, it like you just said, Betsy, I think you said the key. Upstairs, it's really not as critical as downstairs. And really, one of the things I like about it is being able to move things from, from one room to another. So if you don't mind, 
not being able to do that, then I think that's great. Right. And, yeah, I don't do And that. if you're mixing, <laughs> I think the flow and the color palette was sort of, are, you know, they dovetail each other. So I think you can mix styles for sure. I mean, I have a Victorian home. I have some very old antiques. I have like some brown furniture, which I adore, but I also have some very modern pieces and modern lamps and things. So that they, but they all play well together. And I think that's the key to decorating well. You don't want to have just one style, but I see what you're saying. You kind of went even a little bit further and making all the rooms different upstairs. I think that's super cool. And especially if you have younger kids, yeah, they should be able to decorate their rooms or, or pitch in or maybe just have something super fun and saturated pink if you want. <laughs> oh, it's saturated over there. <laughs> <laughs> they <had> to, <laughs> to totally choose. I curate, they choose. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun and I love that they feel empowered. And plus, we don't really entertain on the second yeah. level so right. much. Uh, so it's not really the showpiece. It's more for right. us. What do we want to express right. to each other about ourselves, right. et cetera? No, that makes yeah. sense. So our next tip is to avoid the trendy stuff. And I think that's so hard for people because they see it on Pinterest, Instagram, blogs, and they say, this looks fantastic. I want this. But really, they don't realize it's they just want it because they're seeing it everywhere and it doesn't always really appeal to them. Then they pay, I don't know what for it, maybe $30, $40 for that sign that says farmhouse. And then, you know, two years wow, later, wow. all the Instagrammers and the bloggers, they carefully took that farmhouse sign <laughs> and moved it to the garage or they put it in the bonfire. <laughs> They, they put it in goodwill. goodwill for people who don't look at blogs and they don't know it's out of date. And then at some point you look around your house and you realize, oh, that's from five years ago. That's no longer a thing. That's from two years ago. That's no longer a thing. And then you realize if you want to stay on trend, all that stuff's got to go. And then you've got to spend the same amount. No, now you've got to spend more because of inflation and then replace everything. So it's really a hamster wheel. And I don't think people realize it, it what a hamster wheel it is and that it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Now, some things, I mean, I'm not saying that we keep everything all the time. We don't. I mean, you know, some stuff really does go out even over maybe over 10 years or something. I had some furniture I thought I would have for the rest of my life that at some point after 20 years, I said, maybe I don't like this anymore. But I, after 20 years, I felt like, you know, I'd had it for a while. But the point is, if you really stick with just things that you love, uh, you're going to want to keep them more and it's not, you're not going to be wasting your money and maybe it costs more, but you're going to still have them. And I have things that I've had um, since I was first married that I still love. Well, and I think also if we're thinking about wise interior design, eco-friendly interior design, those trendy items you find at Home Goods or HomeSense or like you say, on these different blogs and things like that, they're a flash in the pan and then you throw them away or you put them in a bonfire. And is that really the sustainability, the, the way that we want to show the next generation how to consume goods? Like if we buy something that quote unquote sparks joy mm. and has some longevity for us, isn't that better than buying something that's just fun for now? And I was on a hike the other day because I think one of the main things people like to ask me, but well, I'll get to that. But I was on a hike 
random hike upstate New York. And we ran into this family and we were talking to their son who's in graduate school, probably like mid twenties. And he was the one thing he wanted to know about my profession because my daughter loves to just share my mommy's an interior designer. So he said, well, what does she think the top trends are? Wow. And my mind went blank. I know. On a hike? He was an engineer, actually. He was an engineer. Maybe he wants Um, to switch careers, too. But, you know, my mind went blank because I don't care about the trends, right? I care what's available in retail because that's what I'm using with my clients every day. But trying to find things that are trendy is not at all on my radar, trying to find things that match their style, their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. that will be practical and offer them the longevity they need from this piece Mm -hmm. that will work with their family and the things they're currently reusing. That's on my mind. So sure, I do some trend episodes on my podcast or in my newsletter, but it's never a focus for me. It's never the filter through which I'm making selections. And so when people ask me, I mean, it's fun to say the color of the year is, you know, green, but does it influence anything I actually choose? No. Absolutely. In fact, after we're finished recording here today with you, we're going to record our next episode coming up is things that will date your house. And I bet you there are going to be several (laughs) things that we talk about that were hot, hot, hot just a little bit ago. And you're going to be sorry that you spent some money on it. You know, we are all about uh, repurposing. We love to shop antiques. We love to shop consignment stores, touching on the sustainability and all of that that you mentioned. We are so much about that. I I looked around my living room the other day and there are like two pieces of furniture and maybe a lamp that I bought new. I either I found it someplace, it was handed down, or uh, I bought it from a she consignment She just walks store. down the street and picks things up. I have an ama- I live in an amazing home. place for, I mean, you've heard of the old lady from Pasadena. Well, she sends all her estate sale items to my favorite thrifty. And that's where I troll and, and hunt, treasure hunt all the time. So we are all about shopping that way. And we have a lot of episodes about encouraging people to do that and teaching them how to do it and giving them tips on how we do it. Uh, A tip that I want to share today is, again, something that you alluded to is when you're aiming for your look and everybody wants to know, what is my look? You know, what is my style? And people seem so stressed out about that. I find like, like the the gentleman on the hike asked you about the trends. When people ask me, well, what is your style? I'm like, ah. I'm like, there's so many things that I could say. Um, so I like to use the term collected because truly, <laughs> truly it is. And that means that you find things that you love. You put it together over time. Like you were mentioning about your client where you had that bare wall and maybe it was too big just to be negative space, but they didn't have the right thing just then. Wait, collect it, find it. It will find you. You will find it if you're looking for it, right? It will come and then it'll be perfect. And uh, we encourage people not to go to Home Goods with two shopping carts, you know, trailing one and stuffing it all in and do their house in one day because that doesn't feel good and that doesn't have any soul. So a collected look, no matter what your dominant look would be, traditional, mid-century, modern, if you want to give it a name, it can be that. Within that, make it collected. Take your time. Find things that will last. Find things that resonate with you. 
And I will dissent there as well. I'm going to dissent Wow, there okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as somebody who designed. She likes you better than me, obviously. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember, I love your three lamp rule. Don't forget. That's true. We, we are... go way back to the beginning. Yes, mano, mano. <laughs> <laughs> we did agree on one rule. No, but I think, you know, especially for someone new to interior design, yeah. the idea of curation is very high end. When I worked for a high end designer, it was all about curation and you did take your time. There was no rush. You know, you were going to be working with the designer for years, Mm -hmm. not just a couple of weeks like they do with me. I designed in two Mm -hmm. weeks, not just a couple of months like they do with most designers, but it was going to be a relationship that would last, you know, for the duration of their experience in that home. And then they would really hunt for those things and try things out, Mm -hmm. return Mm -hmm. them, bring in something Mm -hmm. new. And there was the luxury of time. For my clients who don't want design, they don't care. The idea of shopping for a pillow like makes them sweat. They want it just to be done so they can set it and forget it. And so I do think there's something to that. Like when I moved into this house, you know, we were moving from a place in Brooklyn, an apartment, into a rather large house, large for us, 2,300 square feet was like such a departure from our thousand square foot apartment. Everything went in the basement from the apartment. And I had to instantly get this set up. I had two kids under the age of four. I had a husband who needed to go back to work right away. And we were moving to this strange environment. I wanted everything ready. Mm -hmm. So that meant shopping at one time, ordering, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in one night and having it all shipped. And I personally, I mean, I'm not like Anita in this way. She said, do you move around your furniture? Oh, hell no. I do set it and forget (laughs) it because the idea of constantly tweaking is exhausting to me. And it's probably because I do it with my clients. You know, I have lots of clients, so I get my fair share of change. And if there's something I want to buy, I can buy it for somebody else. But the idea of evolving too much, I don't feel like you have to solve every problem. Like, don't just buy something to fill a space. Buy it because it fills a need. But, yeah. And with my new home that I'm moving into in three weeks, oh, no, no, no. I'm making the spreadsheet right now. I'm going to click and buy. Ah. <laughs> it's going to be a different timeline <laughs> because of supply chain. Right. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I mean, too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a place for that type of design, but I do think you have to have an amazing eye. And I think curation has to be so mindful versus let's get it set up. So I, I, I think it's- I'm going to have to disagree that- with you. <laughs> oh. I know it's your show and everything, but you know, <laughs> just buying something it. because it's at home goods or because it's online. I think people can do it. I mean, obviously if someone is working with a designer and they're like, I don't like this, just make my house look good. Well, sure. They might not be the person that's going to be like, let's drive into the Hudson Valley and go antiquing this weekend because I want to find something that I'm curating in my brain. That probably won't happen. But you know, the people that we're talking to that are listening to the podcast, I would say for the most part, really, this is their jam, you know, and they, they like it and right. they want to get better at it. And so we encourage them, you know, not to rush out and just grab stuff off the shelf, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's, of course, not what you're doing. You're a skilled designer, right? And you're doing it for your home. This, I, I think we want to give people the opportunity to take that pause that we talked about earlier and not rush into it. That, but that doesn't mean if you do buy it all in one night that it can't be fabulous. Of course, 
It's a different approach. No, knows what she's doing. So. Yeah. What was that? Oh, I said, you know what you're doing. But I think for some people, that's overwhelming to do it all in one day and they need more time. So I think it, I guess what I'm saying is kind of like, you can both be right. It kind of depends on the person and the situation. And in some cases, you knew what you wanted. You could decide right away and and just get it done. And you needed it done quickly. But for some, but if you have time and you enjoy doing it, I think you'll get a great result taking your time. And full disclosure, as a blogger and an Instagrammer, I was constantly getting new furniture from uh, sponsors and new stuff. And so I had to move things around because uh, they wanted, uh, you know, because I suddenly had all this stuff to incorporate. <laughs> and then, I, you know, I couldn't just. And then I needed a new look all the time. They didn't like, well, you know, well, I saw that chair yes last week, you know. Oh, yeah. so, so anyway, that was part of why I needed to move things. The thing I love about having you guys on is because typically I talk in a vacuum and I'm always right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so nice. Well, but that's, I think that's the beauty of Kelly and me is that we, we don't always agree. No, we don't. But I, I always we always say that that's actually a good thing because then listeners get uh, two different perspectives. And with our design clients, they hear from both of us and Kelly has her thoughts on the room and I have my thoughts. And so they really get a, a lot more ideas and they can choose, pick and choose what they want. Well, I love that. And I love that when we put our three heads together, there's even a lot more ideas. And I think people are already getting a glimpse of how your show might differ a little bit from this show, but how it's going to fuel you know, somebody who's similarly interested, yes, yes. right? And I hope that you guys will check out Kelly and Anita's podcast. Tell my listeners where they can find you. Well, we're Decorating Tips and Tricks. That's the podcast. You can find us anywhere that you find your podcast or your audio. You can even tell Alexa, play Decorating Tips and Tricks, and she will do that for you. Uh, we have our site, which is decoratingtipsandtricks.com. And then because we came together as we were two separate entities when we started uh, DTT. So I'm My Soulful Home, and you can find me, My Soulful Home, on Instagram. MySoulfulHome.com is my site. And from there, you can find us and, and my YouTube channel, which is also My Soulful Home. And then Anita will let you know where you can find her individually. Right. So I'm uh, my blog is Cedar Hill Farmhouse, CedarHillFarmhouse.com. And I'm Cedar Hill Farmhouse on Pinterest, on Instagram, and uh, Facebook. So yeah, so that's like she said, we did have our own uh, websites before we came together. So that's the decorating tips and tricks.com is where you can find our podcast as long as, as well as, you know, the, the podcast apps as well. Right. And we have, and thanks for having yeah, us, Betsy. So, so, much, so much fun. fun. It's really been a delight to get to know you and, you know, see you and because we've been hearing you and get to know you on a personal that's level. That's right. And guys, if you want to see Kelly and Anita, if you want to see what we look like, which one of us is blonde? Which one of us is brunette? Yeah, head over to the YouTube channel, Affordable Interior Design at YouTube. And ladies, it is so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope this is the first of many conversations yeah. because I've realized it is fun to talk to other people <laughs> and get other design ideas, other perspectives on my show. Yeah. Uh, so I'm grateful that you brought your tips and tricks here today. And we'll be talking to you again soon. I hope. Thanks so much, Betsy. I hope so too. Thank you. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, 
you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.